live from Delaware, it's Hoagies and Pierogies! With your hosts, Ian DiCarlo, we're getting a little double down, chocolate rain, and RJ Hammond! I just want some more hot tea in my life. Let's just say he was a good lover. All right, let's get this show on the road. Welcome, everyone, to Hoagies and Pierogies, episode 77. I'm your host, Ian DiCarlo. It is Thanksgiving week. My mind is on turkey and stuffing and everything. God, I cannot wait. All right, but outside of that, we're just going to get this thing rolling. Uh, A lot of shit happened. So I recorded on awards night last week for the uh for mlb so the big ones that we'll go over thank god this happened or else i would have had a big problem (laughs) acuna jr is your nl mvp and otani's your al mvp good on him after the first 40 70 season ever (laughs) acuna definitely deserves it over bets (laughs) Betts had a great season don't get me wrong but there is nothing, nothing more electric than having so many stolen bases and having the power to go with it. It's incredible. I hope that he can keep this up. He deserves comeback player of the year, too, after coming off of a torn ACL. And obviously for Otani, going into a torn UCL, I hope he makes a comeback. Hope everything's okay with him. Free agency has started, and... He- I thought this was cool. Um, he's having secret meetings with teams. And I guess if the uh, information gets leaked that he met with the team, he's probably not going to sign with them. <laughs> I, I did think that was that was interesting on his part. Speaking of free agency, Aaron Nola, seven years, $172 million. What does that come out to here? It comes out to about $24.5 million per year. Which is a lot less than a lot of people thought he was going to go for. A lot of people like John Heyman thought he was going to go for $35 million a year. And don't get me wrong, he definitely deserves the money. But $35 million was a little bit steep for a pitcher that has already entered his 30s. I know he's been a workhorse over the past four or five years. I don't know, he's no Charlie Morton yet. He's no, you know, <laughs> God forbid, Randy Johnson or something. He doesn't have that kind of velocity or a Greg Maddox even. He's definitely a solid starter. I would have loved for the Pirates to do that. Obviously, they're not going to get even close to doing that on any pitcher. <laughs> I saw Lance Lynn went for $10 million on one year back to the Cardinals. <sighs> I think a lot of Pirates fans were hoping that Severino would actually go for $10 million a year. But that's out of the question. He's going to go for at least at least $16 million on one year on a one-year contract. I really think it'll be like two years, $15 million per year. That makes the most sense to me. Reclamation project, but he has the stuff to get back to where he was, especially if he has a good... Um, a good pitching coach and he might even turn into like a a ground baller, like a sinker baller. 
which would be good for the Pirates, and I think that they could turn him into that and make him kind of like a uh, like a Liriano or something along those lines. All right, speaking of former Pirates pitchers, congrats to Garrett Cole winning his first Cy Young. I was actually kind of surprised that this was his first one. For some reason, I thought he had won it like the past two years in the AL. He's been lights out, definitely deserves it. <laughs> Baby face killer. <laughs> Garrett Cole. And then congrats to the NL Cy Young winner, Blake Snell, winning the uh, Cy Young in both leagues. This was great. So he joined the group of Gaylord Perry, Pedro Martinez, Randy Johnson, Roger Clemens, Roy Halladay, and Max Scherzer as the only pitchers to win the Cy Young in both divisions or in each league. That is impressive as hell. And, well, they've been his only two full healthy seasons. So, odds are, if Snell has a full season under his belt, completely healthy, he's going to be doing some damage and winning some awards. Future of the MLB is bright. I think that, uh, speaking of another 40 home run, 70 stolen base season, Corbin Carroll might get there eventually. He might not have the power to get to 40 home runs, but he can get... He could definitely get to 70 steals easily, I think, 100%. Him and maybe even Gunnar Henderson could put up some good numbers. Gunnar Henderson needs to get better against lefties. But Corbin Carroll had one of the most complete rookie seasons in a long time. Uh, The first 25-50 rookie season ever. 25 home runs, 54 steals. Him and uh, Gunnar Henderson both won the Rookie of the Year unanimously, which is impressive. Said this in on the itinerary. Usually when the first big contract of the season goes out, the hot stove heats up a little bit. Still freezing. And honestly, with the rain today, it's felt like it. It hasn't felt colder. (laughs) I know I said I was going to watch some NHL this past week. Maybe start watching more. Didn't watch a single second. Oh, I feel like I'm going to combust in this thing. <laughs> it's blasphemy. But yeah, nothing uh, nothing on the NHL front from me. Sorry. Okay, moving on to college football. This was a very, very, very important week for college football. And it started out with Colorado getting their backs blown out by Washington State. Oh, terrible, terrible, terrible. Didn't make themselves available to the media afterwards. Probably just to not say something stupid again. I don't know. It's I'm done talking about Colorado after this week. I mean, there's really no reason to anyway. They have one game left, I think. But another player that didn't make themselves available to the media was Caleb Williams. <sighs> Man, I, I really, really... And I will say this until he shows otherwise in the NFL. I I hope that he does well in the NFL. Don't get me wrong. But until that he shows that he can handle himself and carry himself with the maturity of a franchise quarterback, just way, way, way too many red flags. The equity thing, maybe just to scare people off. The crying after the games and shit. I... I, I, 
you know what? Go ahead. I don't. I don't care. I don't care about that so much. But I don't know. He himself. I. I His career was wasted by Lincoln Riley, I do think, and by Alex Grinch partially. But man, I, I really, another player, another team that we're not going to talk about again. USC, we're not going to talk about the rest of the season. Fuck it. Great, great week of college football. Like I said, outside of those two games, um, Louisville, Miami absolutely brought it 21 20 Miami at halftime and it was exciting from start to finish um Louisville ended up winning 38 to 31 Miami almost got the Hail Mary at the end oh it was deflected and the wide receiver caught it at like the two two or three yard line went down I I feel like there's been a lot of that I, I think a lot more teams are starting to set up a little bit outside of the end zone just to get that deflection now. But yeah, that was honestly for me, one of the top, probably top 10 games of the year. I think it would be cool to do like a ranking of all the games at the end of the year, go through them, maybe go, just go over the scores real quick and set it up. I would like to do that. I would really like to do that. Um, I didn't like Louisville coming into this game especially with how much they struggled against Pitt uh, coming into a harsh environment in Miami, harsh environment in Miami. I really, really was thinking that it would be tough for him, but, and it was, it was tough for him. Don't get them wrong, but oh, <laughs> that was extremely exciting. Um, Rutgers hasn't scored a t- touchdown in happy Valley since 1994. 1994. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> of course, you know. How how many times have they played each other since then? Uh, 10 to 6 PSU at half. It looks like they were struggling and it looked like they were hungover from that Michigan game. <sighs> it, it wasn't looking very good. Um, Aller was hurt during the game. Maybe it was a necessary evil. I don't know. They Penn State looked a little bit better after Aller was taken out. I don't know who started. Uh, you know what? Let's look it up. All right. So then, after Aller was hurt, Bo Prabula came into the game, threw one pass, completed it, and had eight carries for 71 yards, and they scored 17 points. In Aller's absence, compared to 10 with him on the field. I'm telling you, it's not all just a play calling this year. Aller looked terrible against Ohio State and Michigan State, or and Michigan. And it, even outside of that, I mean, how many 300-yard games has he had? We can look that up really quick here, too. Oof. Alaris had one 300-yard passing game this year, and it was against West Virginia week one. That's not a good sign. I mean, he was 22 for 26 the next week, and even outside of that, holy shit, he was 25 for 37, you would expect with like at least 250 yards. 166 yards. These totals, he hasn't thrown 200... 
He hasn't thrown for over. Wow. Okay. This is this is damning on the kid. Has not thrown over 250 yards at all this season outside of that West Virginia game. That's bad. Really, really, really bad. And like I said, I don't think it's all just the play calling. Way off target all the time. It's, it's you know what? We might not talk about Penn State the rest of the year either. <laughs> okay, let's see here. Oklahoma BYU is actually entertaining since Oklahoma uh, was on a skid. <laughs> 31-24 final. Oklahoma won it. Jake Retzliff is the first Jewish quarterback to uh, start a game for B. For, wait for BYU. Not the J. What? Not the JCC? Oh, that's weird. <laughs> Jake Retzlaff. He put on a show. He, I mean, that was that was a great game. Great game. All right, Tennessee came out firing. Came out swinging against Georgia. Seventy-five yard rush to, uh, touchdown right off the bat. Kind of shocked Georgia at first. I thought this was the like really the only exciting part about the game. Tennessee's punter is ambidextrous, <laughs> ambifutrous. <laughs> yeah, he can punt with both his left and his right leg. I thought that was really cool. <sighs> Another close game. One of the only ones to go into overtime this week. JMU forced overtime in spectacular fashion. But then they uh, were too busy bitching about not being accepted into the playoff to focus on App State, a prime upset, up, upset candidate. And they completely blew it. I, they were up 5 to nothing for a little bit, and then they just couldn't score again at all. I was Oh, I was really hoping that the Iowa game would end 2 to nothing. <laughs> Just straight up. <laughs> okay. Uh, never betting on UNC again. Go fuck yourselves. <sighs> and this is when things start to shake up a little bit. Florida State was down 13 to nothing against North Alabama in the first quarter. Whoa. How did that happen? First off, it well, it didn't really matter. Second off, you have to see Jordan Travis's leg. Not as bad as Nick Chubb or any other injuries, you know. His throat wasn't slashed open. So I'll show his bent leg. Ugh. That shit is broken, broken. And people were speculating that he's tore his ACL too. I think he just broke his leg. Um Uh, who was it? Rodemaker. Rodemaker came in and did extremely well. I mean, against North Alabama, the final score is fifty-eight to thirteen. <laughs> North Alabama didn't score a single point after that. And I, I don't know. I I don't know if their chances are fucked. I'm telling you what. If they beat Louisville next or in the ACC championship, all hell will break loose. Because, man, this was 
another good game. Washington at Oregon State. Washington ends up winning 22-20. to Put some respect on Washington's name. And they finally did. The playoff committee finally did. The rankings came out tonight. It is one Georgia, two Ohio State, three Michigan, four Washington. Five, uh, I think it's five Florida State. Let me look that up real quick. Because it might be five Oregon. I wouldn't be surprised about that. So, yeah, Florida State is still ahead of Oregon. <sighs> but, man, if if Florida State beats Louisville and Oregon beats Washington, what the hell is going to happen? And that's Even if Louisville beats Florida State, I think there there should be a conversation about Louisville getting in. I I don't think I don't think that would happen. I think the main conversation is that Washington, Florida State, Oregon. But it it it's gonna come down to the wire. And of course, we got Ohio State, Michigan next week. There has to be a loser in that one. So there's even more chaos. All right, this is gonna be crazy. I'm ready for it. So I'll preface this by saying that I still would love the Patriots to draft Michael Penix. I even said, me, when Michael Penix gets drafted by the Patriots. (laughs) But, Michael Penix has Teddy Bridgewater slash Josh Dobbs face. (laughs) So, I'm afraid he's doomed to be a backup quarterback in the NFL and possibly get drafted by the Vikings. (laughs) I was a fan of Bridgewater in college too, so I, I don't know. And even when he was on the Vikings, when he tore his every, well, every single ligament in his knee, I was like, no, why aren't they giving him a chance to come back? And well, obviously, he's he's had his time since then to prove it. He really hasn't. But yeah, that was a great game. Uh. Marred a little bit by rain. Ball was slipping all over the place. The rain kind of turned into snow a little bit later in the game. It was awesome. All right, more people need to be talking about Rome Odunze. I think that he's wide receiver three in the draft. You got MHJ number one, Keon Coleman number two. Odunze right there behind him at number three. And then, speaking of USC... We got Jerry Rice's son coming up too. He's shining. Um, but yeah, I I think this will this year for the playoffs. It's gonna be a great race. I, you know what? Expanding it to twelve teams kind of seems like it won't be as exciting when it comes down to the rankings. Now that I think about it. But no, we we need more teams. I'm not going to overthink that. (laughs) 12 will be perfect. 12 will absolutely be perfect. Finally, a good week with good primetime games. Even the Sunday night game, even though that it was Broncos-Vikings. Honestly, I'm not going to complain about it. But we'll start off with the Thursday night game. Uh, Bengals at the Ravens. Ravens were undoubtedly going to win this game the whole time, but uh, 
Burrow tore a ligament in his wrist. And it looked a lot like the uh, Brock Purdy injury, but it looked like he was actually in a lot more pain. He couldn't hold on to the ball at all. He tried throwing it right when it got to, like, right about here. He just let go of the ball. Just Winston pain. He was done for. Honestly, Browning didn't look terrible, and it was kind of hard to tell the difference between the two. <laughs> they look very similar in the pocket. Just the way that they – just their – the way they go through motions and shit. I, I was like, wait, is Burrow back in the game? Like in the fourth quarter? But no. Uh, but yeah, sucks for Burrow. So now, who is it? Burrow, Daniel Jones, and uh, I think there's another quarterback. That got a, Oh, and Deshaun Watson are out for the season. Whoa. <laughs> a crazy amount of money. Just flush down the toilet. In the second year of wasted money for the Browns, honestly. All right, so another thing that happened in the game was Mark Andrews getting his ankle hurt and them being like, oh, shit, he's out for the season. We need to ban this hip drop tackle. Enough, enough with the hip drop bullshit. 75% of NFL fans have never even heard of that term before. Uh, what? Hip drop? You mean using your momentum and your weight to bring a player down? A fucking tackle? I mean, come on. Last week I was saying let's play flag p- football in a positive way. This way I'm saying it in a, this week I'm saying it in a negative way. It, this it's going to go is it's going down the slippery slope. The hip drop is hip drop, whatever whatever the fuck you want to call it. Needs to stay. It's And yeah, and now Mark Andrews either like, "Oh, well, he can come back if the Ravens go on a deep enough playoff run." <laughs> so, it, it's it's just football. Please do not change it. Please. I'm like we're begging you NFL at this point. Just bad. All right, let's stick on the AFC North. Oh, Canada. Fired. Finally, everyone was rejoicing. All of the Pirates fans that I follow were rejoicing about the Steelers firing that Canada. So let's go into this here. His firing is the first time that the Steelers have had a coaching change midseason since 1941. <laughs> it's that bad? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's that bad. I thought this was funny. This was on ESPN, and this is like the caption to one of their photos. Despite going 24-19-1 over the past three seasons, the 12th best record in the NFL, the Steelers rank at the bottom of several offensive categories with Matt Canada as offensive coordinator. All right, so I read that wrong, and I thought that they had just stated his record. <laughs> and they were like, oh, 24-19-1 is only the 12th best. I mean, he's doing pretty well. And no, that's that's pretty mediocre. <laughs> they should definitely be doing better on offense. Um, I mean, Tommy DeVito has more multiple pass touchdown games than Kenny Pickett does. 
It's wild. And thank you, Giants. Patriots further secure their uh, number three, their top three pick with the Giants winning this week and crushing the Commanders who had six turnovers. Pretty sure Hal was sacked, what, eight times? Bad. <laughs> they were up 14 to three, but then they started like losing again. And I was like, oh shit, they told him that he was, they told DeVito that he was doing too well. But no, good. I'm glad they ended up winning. All right, we had some uh, some ugly games from some of the top quarterbacks. Let's see here. We got uh, the Texans. Even though C.J. Stroud threw three interceptions, he's up to what four now on the season? Five, maybe. <laughs> the uh, Texans still beat the Cardinals twenty-one sixteen. This was a very close game. Uh, yeah, Stroud actually looked like a human. And then Goff threw three interceptions against the Bears. They were down for the longest time, and they miraculously came back to win. Um, out of the teams that you know had quarterbacks throw three interceptions, they went two and one, which is pretty damn impressive. You think three is impressive? Try four. The Cowboys' bland has four pick sixes this year. <laughs> Ties the record for the most. In a one season all time. I, I just love little little records like that. Ones that you think could like never be broken. But just by sheer luck get broken somehow. Uh, Brandon Staley needs to be fired. That is all. Boring 4pm slate. For how exciting the 1pm uh, slate was. The 4pm slate was. Meh. I mean, I mean, there were only three games. I mean, the Bills played the Jets. Blowout. The 49ers played the... Uh, who did the 49ers play? The 49ers played the Buccaneers. Took care of them pretty easily. This was not a good look from Seattle. The only team that was favored to lose... The only team that was favored to win that lost in the 4 p.m. slate. Uh... Not a good look for them. So they got the 49ers, the Cowboys, the 49ers again, and then the Eagles coming up all in a row. <laughs> I feel bad for Geno. I really do. He's going to get eaten alive. The Broncos are all of a sudden on a roll after a win against the uh, overhyped for no reason Vikings, to be honest with you. The Vikings are 4-5 and five in one-score games of, and have kind of regressed to the mean after going 11-0 and last year in one-score games. We all knew that they couldn't keep that up. And they proved that in the playoffs against the Giants last year. But now it's confirmed. Time for the big game this week. Eagles at the Chiefs. <sighs> last week after we learned that uh, Travis Kelsey doesn't touch Taylor Swift's butthole. And now we just learned that she's a murderer. Coincidence? I think not. Allegedly. <laughs> Travis, if you didn't want this to happen, you should have taken a trip down the dirt road. <laughs> so yeah, fans died at one of our concerts in Rio due to a combination of heat stroke and dehydration. or It was cardiac arrest, but I'll just assume that it was heat stroke and dehydration. Got up to temperatures around 140 de 40 degrees 
They barely had water, and the air vents were taped off so that people couldn't watch from the outside. The hell, what the hell is this? <laughs> and then another fan was stabbed after the show by a mugger. Watch out, Travis. Holy shit. <laughs> what the hell is going on in Brazil? <laughs> Whoa, stay out of Brazil. So yeah, this was the biggest game of the year. Uh, 29 million viewers on a Monday night game. The most mo- uh, watched Monday night game since I was born. <laughs> since 1996. Uh, that year, uh, that game was Green Bay at Dallas, which had 31.5 million views. Which I was surprised that it, I was surprised that the 29 million views wasn't a record, and that it was just the most watched since 1996. Was that the height of foot? It was the height of the Cowboys. Yeah, maybe that's why they're still dubbed America's team because they have that record, the viewership record for a Monday Night Football game. But yeah, 450 games. So uh, both of the games of the week in college and in NFL were a little bit bogged down by the rain. This one, there weren't as many mistakes. There were a a couple, but it was mainly dominated by defense. Chiefs came out slugging. I thought they were going to just continue what they were doing in the Super Bowl, just flustering the Eagles the whole time. Really, the only player that they flustered was A.J. Brown. They made sure that A.J. Brown didn't get anything. (laughs) Nothing. He had, what, one catch? Yeah, A.J. Brown had one catch for eight yards. That's it. <sighs> Devontae Smith did go off, though. Six receptions, 99 yards. He he showed up. And then Hurts also had a great game. Swift was catching the ball and running like a madman. Um, on the Chiefs' side, Pacheco was also running like a madman, doing his best Swift impression. But... <laughs> I, I, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, what happened? You're doing your best Zeke Eaton impression. Holy shit, you got fat. What the hell happened? It's a little wrecking ball, a little chicken nugget. <laughs> um, I've, <laughs> I've never seen a defender, Jalen Carter, dive for a spike. <laughs> He went right under the center center and tried to catch Patrick Mahomes' spike. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Uh, the Chiefs were up 17-7 to at halftime. And who the fuck is Justin Watson? But Chiefs may not have the best wide receiver core, but they can spread it out. Mahomes got it to eight different players in the first half. Uh, and, man, speaking of their wide receivers, I do think that this was on Mahomes a little bit. I didn't I didn't really go back to see if MVS slowed down or not. Could not catch the game, at least what would have been the game winning touchdown setting it up. I think it would have been down at like the one or two yard line. But either way, they would have been there and I think they would have won the game. Couldn't quite collect it. It was thrown a little bit far, but like I said, I don't know if he slowed down or not. And he dove for it, and when he pulled it in, he pulled it in, and it hit his shoulder pad, bounced off. Couldn't get it. 
Uh, Eagles hang on to win 21-17, shut out the Chiefs offense in the second half. Great, great win for them. Jason Kelsey gets his first win over Travis Kelsey. Uh, They played each other five times. Fifth time's a charm. Uh, And actually, the Eagles as a whole beating Andy Reid for the first time ever since Andy Reid has left. That was an impressive defensive battle all around. And last thing, what's up with Pat Mahomes' dad? <laughs> Dude, that's what years of greenies will do to you. <laughs> I think I think he was a little late for the greenies era. He pitched in the early 90s through uh, early 2000s. But he, <laughs> he seemed fucked up. Like, fucked up. It was not good. Definitely not a good look. All right, and honestly, like I said... My brain is ready for Thanksgiving. I'm ready to have stuffing. I'm ready to have turkey. I'm ready to have gravy. I'm ready to have some uh, sweet potatoes with the marshmallows on top. Oh, so good. Oh, so good. And some flan. (laughs) All right, everybody. Have a happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you guys next week. Make sure to tune in. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Follow me on Spotify and Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm up on everything. So, yeah. All right, everybody. Stay safe. Have a good holiday. Adios. Much, 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 much.